0: Hey Beaver Nation, it's time to get inside the huddle with the DAMN Podcast. The DAMN Podcast is your weekly ticket to Oregon State football and recruiting news. Here's your host of the DAMN Podcast, BeaverBlitz.com publisher, Angie Machado.
1: Hey and welcome back everyone to another episode of the DAMN Podcast. I am your host, Angie Machado, and with me is Beaver Blitz beat writer, Carter Baines. Carter, how are you?
0: I'm in a really good mood after uh, being at Reser yesterday for the first time in almost a year. Was that it, uh, that how really does that lifted feel? my spirits.
1: Oh, it, it was, was
0: awesome just to be back.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, walk everybody through a little bit. Um, yeah, we have not, I have not been to Corvallis to watch football since that first week in March for spring camp. And um, they opened up Reser. Um, the press box totally different we had a lot of room between us plexiglass partitions there was hand sanitizers kind of stations set up everywhere but it just felt like being home it was it was fun to to watch some football and um kind of have that was i texted carter afterward and told him that was about this most the most normal thing i've done in seven months
0: i felt like there was a, a little bit of right in the world when we were back there just getting back into routine, uh, that we hadn't been in for what feels like forever. Uh, good to see everybody's face again, all, all of the other media members and get back into kind of a familiar spot there in the press box. It did, like you said, it did look a lot different. Uh, everybody wearing face masks and the, the plexiglass shields and everything was, uh, kind of a, I, I don't really know how to describe it other than it just felt really different. But, um, no, I mean, overall, just really, really good to get back into research because I mean we missed that place for sure
1: and, and how different was it to not be having to run across to get over to do a post game or post practice interview over in the media room at valley? Mm-hmm. We just sat in our spot and did a zoom so
0: and well, and to I, park to park right outside of the gate too, and only have to walk for about ten seconds into the stadium i mean that was that was convenient
1: and we, and we still had to do temperature check and answer the questions. No COVID test. I didn't know if we'd have to do a, a test or not, but we were, we were good there. They did open up all the windows in the press box though, and we were wearing masks. So it was freezing cold and we were wearing masks, but I will take it any day. Um, you know, I think the coaches though miss seeing our smiling faces and asking the tough questions. I, I, I think they have I, to. I hope so. <laughs> Hopefully um, they don't so,
0: totally despise
1: us. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they miss us or not, but you know, they just hear our questions come through and they don't get to see us. But the other huge part of yesterday was watching the scrimmage. And so to actually see the Beavers, we've only been relying on what we've heard from the coaches this past couple of weeks um, to actually see them in action. So I want Carter, Carter was, Carter has younger eyes than me. So he sees really well. He sees a lot better than me down well, the field.
0: Well, I also was wearing glasses to be fair. I don't think my eyes are, you know, that bad. contacts great. in.
1: <laughs> So it was, it was fun because we were getting a tag team and we we're, you know, one of my biggest things that I wanted to come up with was kind of start to piece together that two deep depth chart because we are in, um, the beeves are starting week three of, of fall camp. And so that depth chart will pretty much be set by the end of this week because the next week is game week. So, um, scrimmage was fun. Um, I, I think we learned a lot just in that two hour span so I want to just jump right in, Carter, and, and get your thoughts. I want to go position by position because I think it's super important. Just start off with your thoughts on the quarterback.
0: Yeah, like you said, I, th- I think that was the most I've ever learned from one single practice, just being able to see them for the first time since March. Uh, there, were, I mean, I took away so much information at every position. So starting at quarterback, I think it's just it's very clear that this is Tristan Jebbia's job. He was the only one to – uh, exclusively run with the first team. He didn't take any second team snaps or anything. And, and really behind him, it was just kind of a, a rotation of guys with second and third team. So we saw Nick Moore, we saw Chance Nolan, we saw Ben Goldbrinson uh, kind of rotate through with those guys. But Tristan was out there for two full series to start the scrimmage. And really, I mean, he just looked efficient. He was, you know, his timing was great. He was making plays downfield. Um, and on that opening drive, he led a 98-yard drive that ended in a touchdown. So
1: I think, I think Smith said 13, 13 plays, mm-hmm. which they had a play right before Jamar, they scored on a Jamar Jefferson run. But the play before that was called back, and that was a, a nice fade to the end zone to, I think it was Luke Musgrave.
0: Yeah, and I thought it was a touchdown at first. I think if if they had instant replay available for the scrimmage they would have reviewed it and saw that it was a touchdown they marked him down at the one um, but that was a really a, a really nice play perfectly thrown fade route um, to Musgrave who just I mean towers over defenders at 6-6 so um, good to see him get involved there but yeah that was the most impressive play of that drive uh, you mentioned Jermar capped that off with a touchdown. He had a very nice day. We'll talk about the running backs here yeah, in just a yeah. minute. But so I think I think thoughts, Tristan's leadership. I
1: agree that Tristan stood out as, as you know, I, I think it's his, I mean, it is his job, I believe. But what were your thoughts then on, on QB2? Because coming in, I kind of had the idea that Nick Moore might be the second string. Um, personally, I thought we saw some good and bad from, from those guys. Um, I, I didn't come out with a clear cut. This guy's number two. What about you?
0: No, neither did I. And I think Nick Moore did take the most second team reps, um, especially on that first drive with the second team guys in there. He was the quarterback for that for that drive. My big takeaway from what I saw from him was he he missed a lot of his throws. His timing was a little bit off, but I was really impressed with what he was able to do on the ground. A couple designed keepers, couple of rollouts, and you know, he picked up some yardage when Maybe he was getting pressured a little bit, roll out of the pocket. Um, I, I mentioned to you, Angie, during the scrimmage, and I, I don't know how the coaches are, are contemplating this or if they are at all, but I kind of see him coming in in sort of that Jack Coletto role where you know when he comes onto the field that a run play is coming, but defenses have a hard time stopping it because he's so versatile. He's got a little bit of size to him. I think we could see him in somewhat of that role uh, regardless of whether he's second string or a third or even fourth behind those other guys, I, I think he will see the field regardless of where he's at on the depth chart.
1: So you you mentioned that, and I, and Chance Nolan also he he was able to use his legs some, and and Tristan, you know, Tristan's not fast by any stretch of the imagination. But did I I was on my drive home, I was struck by the fact that Oregon State has quarterbacks that can move, and that hasn't been the case. You know, we we're out of the Jake Luton and the Sean Mannion. Kind of um, statue quarterbacks mold. Um, we Oregon State has three quarterbacks that can actually move in the pocket.
0: Yeah, every single one of them can extend plays. Um, I, I don't think they're all going to be on the receiving end of read options and design keepers and everything, but they all have more of an ability to extend plays, get out of the pocket, and throw on the run than what we've seen in the last really ten years, at least.
1: So, and Chance Moore, I, my feeling with him is, I, I agree. I think. Nick brings such a different dynamic in that he, it's like, he likes to run. He's looking to run. And maybe and what we've heard from coaches is the fact that he doesn't trust his pocket. He'll t- he'll pick up and run instead of going through his progressions. Chance. I chance is an interesting one. Cause I saw some glimpse, some, some glimmers yesterday of things that I liked, but I, I just think he needs a little more time, a little more time in the system, a little more time to learn it. But as the season goes on, I, I think, you know, he's definitely someone to watch and, and Ben freshman Ben Goldbranson you can see he's got an arm on him he's got a cannon already
0: yeah it's to be expected that those guys are going to take a little bit of time before they get totally comfortable in the scheme Um, at, at quarterback even more than really any position it's going to take them a long time to not only learn the playbook but build up chemistry with a lot of the guys out there and I think that's the advantage that Jebbia and Moore both possess is just that chemistry that familiarity with the coaches their fellow teammates um, it really can't be overstated how important that is at the quarterback position. And I think while some of those other guys, Nolan and, um, and Goldbranson, have some of the physical attributes that could push them to the top of the depth chart, I think as we stand right now entering their first season here, um, from a leadership perspective and from a chemistry perspective, they might not be ready just yet. But I think they will 100% be part of the plan. Oh, yeah, forward.
1: definitely. There's definitely some talent there. Um, also, talking about leadership, we, we did hear from Tristan after the scrimmage. We've heard from him earlier in the week. Uh, you and I both looked at each other. I mean, he's a leader. You can just tell by the way he answers his questions. Um, we've heard that from coaches that he has kind of that moxie, that swagger that the team really rallies around. But um, I, you and I both kind of mentioned that yesterday when he was addressing the media, just kind of the way he, I, I think I said he had politician written and you said coach. So he has the coach speak down definitely.
0: 100% yeah I think uh, he's exactly the kind of leader you want from a quarterback and um, I think his teammates definitely respect that
1: so let's let's move you know we, we kind of touched on running back briefly but how good was it to see Jamar Jefferson looking 100% healthy I mean we only saw him the first couple first team series but um, tell tell me what you saw in, in Jamar.
0: I think we all know how electric he can be um his speed is, is unquestionable, but I was most impressed by his power. You know, he's, he's physically stronger than he has been at any point throughout his career. And that was noticeable. I mean, he was breaking tackles on pretty much every single carry.
1: And that's Um, that. And and folks, this was, um, this wasn't first team offense versus second team defense. This was ones mm -hmm. versus ones. So,
0: and we know how good that front seven is. And for him to be spinning out of tackles, I mean, he was spinning on on it seemed like every play I, don't, I, don't arms, think I mean, not he was down. just pushing through the line with yeah. so much force he's I, impossible I think, to bring down
1: I don't think that I don't think he was brought down by the first tackle at all no I don't, I don't, I don't think, think so it. either um and then we also saw a lot of BJ Baylor I mean they were mixing those guys in and t- you know just a total one-two punch what, what are your thoughts on BJ
0: yeah BJ is actually to me a very similar runner to Jermar We've seen with Artavis Pierce and Jermar the last couple of years, kind of a uh, more of a speed approach with, with Artavis and kind of a weight behind the, behind your blockers and then power through the line with Jermar. I think BJ is very similar uh, to Jermar in his running style. Um, we've seen throughout the last couple of years in practice, Baylor's ability to make, I mean, massive plays. This, this is a guy who can get into the second level immediately, break off runs of 50-plus yards. I think he's going to bring that to the table this year. Um, not that Jermar can't, but I think Baylor has kind of that element of speed at the point of attack, whereas Jermar is more of a, you know, wait behind your blocker and then make a guy miss and get into the open field.
1: BJ, yeah, I, I, he hits the hole a lot faster than, than Jermar. I kind of think, did we see, you know, Calvin was out I, I really wanted to see Isaiah Newell, the new running back um, that I think a lot of people were recruiting as a linebacker um, mm-hmm. during the season, but um, he did not play and true freshman, but um, no worries there. One of the areas I know Beaver fans and personally me is um, offensive line. And I don't know about you, but I walked away feeling a little better after seeing, um, seeing the line on Saturday. What, what were your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, I was actually really impressed by their pass protection. Um, that was somewhat of a concern, losing Blake Brandell. We know how just strong of a pass protector he was, one of the best in the country, really, at, at left tackle. I was nervous that maybe there would be a bit of a drop-off losing him. And then, obviously, the interior guys are a little more effective in the run game. So I was, I was watching both elements of that, but the pass protection stood out to me as something that I mean, they looked as good, if not better, than last year. Um, Fending off, we know how good of a pass rush Oregon State has with guys like Hammock Rashid and Simon Sandberg on the line. Um, Really, I don't remember Tristan Jebia being pressured that much at all uh, when the first team guys were out there. So I thought that first group on the line was really impressive, uh, protecting the quarterback. And then if there was one thing I wanted to see more of, it was their ability to open up holes in the run game. I thought that, Maybe the running backs were forced a little bit to, to make their own plays. Um, so that'll be something to watch going forward. But I think overall, they were a lot better than what I expected. And I think they're going to be better than what a lot of Beaver fans expect.
1: Yeah, I agree. So just so um, if you guys haven't been in the lodge to kind of see the, the notes, feel super confident with Brandon Kipper, right tackle, Joshua Gray, left tackle. We saw Nathan Eldridge in the center spot um, who – Tons of experience, total veteran, especially in Coach Mahalachek's system. Then we saw the guards. We saw Noose, Jake Levingood, and Kali'i Montabon. So I think – I mean, Noose, I think, was in there pretty steadily, but then Kali'i Montabon and Jake Levingood were kind of rotating at the other guard spot. But um, pretty solid. Like I said, I, I want to see them in game action, especially since we heard kind of awful things about them from the first scrimmage that uh, the offense was sloppy – Um, hopefully they can carry this forward and it wasn't just like a great offensive performance but like you I mean the defensive front seven looks pretty solid and for them to be able to give Tristan Jebby a time was impressive I second unit maybe has some more work to do I I, the defense you know after the first team I thought the second the second unit defense kind of ruled but um, we'll just talk first team right now Um, wide receivers and tight ends I'm going to jump put those you know what I'm not going to put them together because they're totally different pieces give me your thoughts on the wide receivers
0: okay Zariah Beeson has been the name that we have heard so much of throughout camp from every single coach we've talked to and I'd say pretty much every player we have talked to as well throughout camp they have all mentioned Beeson as the standout guy from camp and that is exactly what we saw on Saturday he had two touchdowns more than any other receiver out there he, I think, caught more passes than pretty much anyone. He's just, I mean, he's a physical specimen. He's absolutely huge for a freshman. And I think we saw that with his ability to gain separation. He's got a little bit of breakaway speed to him. Um, that is, I mean, I i am hesitant to make comparisons, but I said yesterday in, in my first initial reactions piece on, on Beaver Blitz that I think he has the potential to be the best receiver Oregon State has had since Brandon Cooks. And I will stand by that. Just what I saw from him on Saturday from a true freshman before even his first game, I was completely blown away.
1: Totally polished. I, I agree. Um, so kind of breaking it down, we, we did see some rotation there. Um, but the starters, if I recall, correct me if I'm wrong, it was Trevon Bradford, um, Champ Flemings, and Zariah Beeson. That's who, yep. that, that was the initial the three that came out. Um, We saw some Colby Taylor come in though. We saw um, who else came in during that. We, I mean, during that first, first team.
0: Uh, A little bit of Josiah Irish later on um, when they, when the first, the first set of first team guys came in, it was mostly just those four that you mentioned. Yeah. We saw some Anthony Gould, Josiah Irish, uh, Tyjon Lindsay later on with the first team, but no, those four uh, between Taylor Beeson and um, Bradford, Bradford and Flemings, those yeah. were the four that we saw the most Champ, of. We
1: saw a lot of champ yesterday, too, just because of the return game. And we can talk, we'll talk about special teams later. But um, are you concerned at all? Now, this group to me, looks like it has more speed than we've seen. There is some, you know, there's speed, but are you concerned at all about the lack of size, height?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's somewhat of a concern just because we've seen in the past that they have a tendency not to be able to get open downfield. Um, and when you can't gain separation, height will really help you out with that. That's what we saw a lot of with Isaiah Hodgins. Um, I, I think Beason's going to be just fine being able to get separation.
1: He's physical um, right from the from the get-go, right at the line, Zariah was physical. Um, how about the tight ends though? Do you think the tight end height with Luke Musgrave and Tegan Quitoriano, does that help at all?
0: Oh yeah, no, it's huge. Uh, like I said, as, as we were beginning this, the pod, um, we saw Musgrave use that height to his advantage on a fade route. And I mean, there's, there's no better time to use your size as an advantage than on a fade route, but I think we're gonna see that over the middle as well with Musgrave. I mean, he's, he's fast, he's tall, he's strong, he's gonna be a huge weapon in the passing game. And that's big to have when you have receivers that might not be able to get themselves open all the time. Having somebody like that over the middle, who's going to be a pretty reliable target, I think is going to be a big deal. And then with Quatoriano, um, we didn't really see him much as a receiver on Saturday. We know that he has that ability and he's continuing to become more and more comfortable as a receiver. I think as we see um, Musgrave kind of get out into the, the open field more um, Musgrave will probably settle more into that blocking role once again. And then uh, as well as the young guys with uh, Jake Overman and Tommy Spencer, they were both pretty active. as receivers as well. Overman caught a touchdown. So I wouldn't be surprised to see those guys out there and getting some meaningful playing time as well.
1: What is, if you had one question that was not answered Saturday about the offense, what is your biggest concern or question mark?
0: Um, That's a tough one. I, kind of answered a similar question in the Lodge yesterday, but I, I guess my biggest question is with the backup quarterbacks, um, we know Tristan is a playmaker starting quarterback. It's going to be just fine, but let's say something happens to him or, you know, we know anything is possible this year. If he goes down, is the next guy going to be able to come in and make plays to the same extent? And I don't know if I'm entirely confident in that after seeing one practice, I'd, I can't say that it would be a huge problem because I've only seen them once, but um, I guess that would be my, my biggest concern after after seeing them live one time.
1: What is the number one thing that stood out to you from the offense that has you most excited?
0: Hmm. Probably uh, That's a tough one, too. I, I think the running backs, it was good to see them make plays on, on their own, um, You know, this early in camp, the defense we have seen has a tendency to have a leg up and I think their ability to get into the second level um, as the offense is still kind of starting to gel together. I think it was good to see that they were able to go out there and make their own plays. So I have all the confidence in the world, that the running game is going to be just fine, even with the turnover on the offensive line.
1: There you go. Great assessment of the offense. Now let's switch gears. So Oregon State's defense has been struggling the past several years, trying to, to take those steps. All we've heard all the first two weeks of practice is how good the defense has looked. Starting right up front, there, you know, obviously there's some concern. Jordan Whitley is out. Um, Oregon State lost Alu Iden. What was your thought on that defensive line?
0: Depth is there for sure more than we've seen in the past. Losing a couple of guys does hurt the depth of a little bit. Um, We saw Alexander Skelton was really the only guy who came in to fill the defensive tackle spot. So I think they're going to have to identify another guy there um, because you you can't just roll with one defensive tackle. Um, We know that. Oregon State uses a pretty heavy rotation in that position. Can't just have one guy there. Um, But on the outside, Isaac Hodgins, Simon Sandberg were – I mean, lights out. Uh, we know we know that they're strong physical guys. We know that Sandberg is a very, very strong pass rusher. Um, I've liked what I've seen from Hodgins in the run game throughout the last couple of years. Um, we've also heard that he's kind of progressing as a pass rusher himself. So I think those two guys on the outside are going to carry this line. And, you know, the talent they bring is, is more than what we've seen from anybody on that line in the last few yeah, years. And then
1: you, you add James Rawls and... Um, there's there's some other guys in there I, I was hoping to see Evan Bennett and he was dressed in a jersey and shorts he did not participate yesterday so I'm not sure um, the coaching staff says they will address long-term injuries um, so his must not be a long-term but uh, that's something I think we all need to follow up on this week in practice and
0: and when I say that the lack of depth at a defensive tackle is an issue um, he will solve that problem by himself yeah. he is I mean he is very capable of I think he could be a starting, uh, starting player on that defensive front, um, if healthy. I, I don't know what exactly the case is with him right now, but if he can get on the field for week one, I think he will either be a starter or a very heavy contributor.
1: Well, and Cody Anderson, we didn't see him much yesterday, but he does have some, some playing time as well. So that's another cog in, in that. Um, and then probably the most deep position group in on the entire roster, linebacker. We didn't see um, Addison Gums yesterday at all. He was dressed down, but we didn't see him, which probably for the better. I, I don't think we really need it to see a whole lot from him and risk the chance of him injuring himself. Ham played um, just that for those first two first uh, first team reps. Again, you don't want to injure him. What were your thoughts? So on linebacker,
0: I was really impressed by the inside linebackers. That's the the main position group that has received the most praise throughout. Uh, these first two weeks of camp, and I, I think they proved it. They pretty much stifled the run game, especially uh, you mentioned with the second and third teams. When they were out there, there was really not a whole lot of yardage to be had. Um, we know that there are proven playmakers with Avery Roberts and Omar Spates in the starting group. There's a lot of depth there now. Jack Coletto stepping in in the second team. Um, I mean, I, there's uh, so many yeah, guys. I, I don't want. Low. I don't want to miss Kyrie's guys sure. naming them. Yeah. Um, and then on the outside, obviously you mentioned the the two big time pass rushers in Rashid and Gums, but Matt Tago was out there. Um, we saw Andre Hughes-Murray actually in the starting lineup. Good to see him back out there healthy. I think he's going to be a huge leader for this team this year. Um, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing you can say other than this is the best position group on the team and you know that you are going to get production out of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean really no worries with that whole group. Like you said, middle linebacker is probably the strongest, but um, so much depth um, as far as the outside backers. DBs, if, if there's a question mark for me, it's the DBs. And, you know, I walked away from scrimmage still feeling like there's a question. I mean, we saw so many guys kind of mixed in there. At, at one point, it was fun to see the Wright brothers, both um, Nashon and Rajon, along with Alton Julian, all in at the same time. Um, we saw a lot of nickel with um, Jaden Grant, a lot of nickel. Um, what were your thoughts about the defensive backs?
0: That was the one position group that I paid the closest attention to, because as you mentioned, there's the most questions of, of any group on the team, um, that lie with that group. So I, w- I was curious to see how the junior college guys looked, have they been able to pick up the system? I was curious to see who fills that starting group, uh, because there's, let's be honest, a level of depth there that they haven't had in a long time. And I, I personally was very impressed with what I saw. I think there has been a pretty immense amount of pro- progress um, from really from game one of last year to the end of the season, as well as through this off season. So uh, we saw a lot of guys rotating through and I think they all made plays. Uh, the two that stand out to me among the rest are Isaiah Dunn. We saw him break up multiple passes. He's led the team in past deflections. He's east of, each of the last two years. And I think he will again this year. Um, And then we also saw Jaden Grant break up a potential touchdown pass as well. He he got in the passing lane and knocked a ball free from Trevon Bradford. So those were the two most impressive plays that we saw from the secondary, in my opinion. No interceptions, but we know that they have been forcing turnovers throughout camp. So I think we'll see more of that as camp rolls on and as we get into the season.
1: So what was... Your, what is now still your biggest concern about the defense?
0: I think it has to be depth on the defensive line now that there have been a couple guys um, that are injured or, you know, for whatever reason, aren't participating. So that's that's something that I'm still waiting to see. Can the guys who have been lower down on the depth chart, some of those younger guys, can they step in and contribute at a high level? Um, and then with the secondary, again, there's there has to be, some concern based off of the poor production we've seen the last two years. I think that has to be the position group that progresses the most out of any on this team if Oregon State is going to push for a 500-plus record. I think that secondary has to improve.
1: Okay, so what stood out? I have a feeling I know what's going to stand out to you, but what stood out to you defensively?
0: I think the, the depth at just overall, because we saw the second and third team offense really struggle to move the ball for a lot of the scrimmage. And I think that's more a testament to having playmakers up and down the depth chart on defense. So we know that there's playmakers on offense. We know that um, you know, who did we see? Teron Madison. We know he's a solid back. Uh, We know that there's a lot of depth at receiver. Those guys, you know, they've proven that they can go and make plays. So to stop them to the level that the defense did. I think that speaks to the fact that there are guys, you know, at at second team and at third team who could come in and, and really make an impact.
1: I mean, we don't need to spend a ton of time on special teams, but um, how about Caleb Lightborn at punter?
0: Impressive. Yeah. I, I don't know how he's going to compare to Daniel Rodriguez. Um, I, I think maybe a little bit more leg strength. Uh, Rodriguez we saw had a pretty good ability to place punts inside the 20 mm-hmm. so I don't know if you want to call that finesse or whatever from the from the uh, punter position that's the one thing that I haven't seen yet from Lightborn, but we know that he has a really strong leg so uh, definitely a guy who can flip field position
1: and, and then kicking game what did you think of we saw a couple uh, field goal attempts from uh, Everett Hayes what do you think
0: he went two for four uh, the, the most impressive play of special teams all day was a 52 yard field goal that he made that I told you, I think it would have been good from 60. Yeah.
1: So definitely. good to see, a,
0: good to see a kicker with some range. Um, the accuracy, I guess is one thing that maybe is still to be proven um, going two for four. That's obviously going to be a question, but he really, I mean, he was, most of the kicks he took were from 40 yards plus. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think he's solid what we've seen from him throughout his couple of years here on campus. Now this is his second year, what we've seen from him in practice and in his limited game time, kicking field goals. I think he's more than solid. I think uh, that's that's pretty big for Oregon state this year after having some pretty inconsistent play on special teams the last couple of years. Those are, I don't want to say free points, but uh, they're big points to get when you can send a guy out there and, pretty reliably count on him to pick up three.
1: So one other name that's probably not um, on most Beaver fans' radars yet was Dante Jackson. And we saw him a walk on from the Chico area, um, saw him handling kickoffs pretty handily. What do you think of, of the kickoff game?
0: He was the first kicker to come in and handle um, the kickoff duties. We saw him do that before we even saw Hayes out there so I, I don't know if that's a role that he's going to fill come game time but he looked very serviceable out there he yeah. uh, was pretty consistently placing his kicks right around the goal line uh, the first one landed on the five but then after that he had a couple go into the end zone so he's got some strength there with his leg
1: mm-hmm.
0: um that's been something the oregon state has done the last couple of years is kind of uh, share duties in the kicking game i guess you could say and it looks like maybe they're going to go with that this year as well.
1: And then really Champ and Silas Bolden were the two guys we saw most, most of the time in the, in the return game. Didn't see them do a ton of live returns, but um, both have tons of speed.
0: And Champ had a 35 yard return on the very first play of the scrimmage. They opened with special teams. They started with kickoffs and uh, he brought one back to about the 40 yard line on that first kick. So Good to see the speed from him making an impact in special teams once again. He's been the primary return guy for the last two years, I think. Um, it looks like he's going to fill that position again. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see.
1: Well, all in all, it was a super um, second week just because, honestly, we got to watch. So um, that was awesome. This week, Carter, um, on Beaver Blitz, we'll be continuing our coverage as the team fills its third week We'll start to see a depth chart. We will beaver blitz. will have a depth chart out on Wednesday, our predictions for depth chart and uh, yeah. And then next week will be next Sunday. When we tape the podcast, it'll be all Washington state preview. Are you ready?
0: There's no more exciting time than the last week of camp going into game week. Expectations are always through the roof, regardless of how good a team looks on paper. So Um, I am more than ready to get the season started. We've waited way too long for this.
1: So exciting. So uh, stick with Beaver Blitz. Uh, We'll have all the latest and uh, insight in the Lodge. That's where we post all the good stuff. Um, If you're not a member, you definitely want to be a member um, as soon as possible because that is where the scoop happens. Um, Carter, thank you for your time this afternoon. Get back to doing your homework because it's going to be a busy week for us.
0: Yep, of course. Talk to you later, Angie. Talk
1: to you later.